137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back, friends, fiends, and fans of the show. This is episode number 80, and I think it's going to be a real humdinger. Anything new with you guys before we get started? No. Not shit, really. Same old, same old, man. Nice, dude. So Shayla and I did our very first hot yoga class, and basically what it is... Sounds dirty. (laughs) It kind of did. A lot of the stuff we did, I think, could have been done dirty, but... It's basically yoga, like your just traditional, you know, yoga. But I think it was like 81 or 84 degrees in the yoga studio. So literally sweating, sweating your balls off that whole time. Jesus. And here's the thing. Hydrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they provide water for you. You drink as much water as you want. Take breaks if you need to. But the thing about it, and Steve, like you mentioned, you're going to start doing some yoga soon. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait uh, for that. But. Yoga tests your body physically and it tests you mentally and like it's really, really cool. It's a really great workout. The biggest exercise to me, the biggest thing I'm trying to strengthen is my ability not to fart when you get into some of those poses. And like yeah. you'll you'll see what I mean when you do the poses. And yeah. I was so nervous, like, oh God, don't fart. It's don't common fart, though. Don't fart. It is. Yeah, like it yeah, like uh, every like as I've been like Sean just said, I I've been researching I'm watching a lot of the transformation videos and the revelation slash testimony videos about um, DDP yoga. And I've always been interested in it. Um, I'm not a really big fan of wrestling at all. (laughs) I can give a shit less about it, (laughs) but I know that that Diamond Dallas Page has done a lot of things since his career. He's, he's just, he's embraced this um, yoga program that is more, more toward people such as myself with like, I don't want to say low mobility. I get around fine. Just I don't do mm-hmm. a lot of exercise and I'm, you know, I'm definitely overweight and big Steven for a reason. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I started watching his videos and I got it and I got excited about it. The only problem is that it is one of them paid programs. So you do have to save up the money to be able to do it. And bills yeah. this month have been fucking treacherous. So I should be able to get it in February and then I just got to get a cheap yoga mat. And the cool thing about DDP yoga is that you do it all in your home. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to – that's why I'm doing this because I feel like even he was even saying like all this is done in your house. You don't have to worry about a gym like because that, that shit just that shit just stresses me out. Like, I, Oh, dude. It takes motivation yeah. and just fucking throws and I it can out get, the window and runs it I can it get more motivation by in, – in my house around my, my own comfort level because I'm not really mm-hmm. ashamed to be around anybody. It's just that and, – and I'm one of them people that – that like if you go to a gym and someone makes fun of you, makes fun of a fat person for being there, being all sweaty or gross or whatever, you mm-hmm, would qu- mm-hmm. qu- classify that as that's fucked up. They're there to better themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, it's no, so you're stupid. right. You're right. Yeah. But oh yeah. But that's every video. Like he even says, and all the stuff I've watched researching this stuff. Like they're all saying they're like, don't be afraid to fart. You're gonna do it. You're just, gonna rip some serious just ass. Don't shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially in downward dog. No, okay, so downward dog is one thing. There's another one called like I think it's called happy baby. And just imagine yourself like on your back with your knees to your chest. Then you're gonna grab your feet and like spread your knees apart. 
basically like like imagine a baby on its back, like holding its own feet. Yeah, that's a pose just to kind of like realign your spine. And what it should be called is invitation to just rip one because at that moment, <laughs> like you are so prone, like it's just gonna scoot out of there. And mm. uh, sure as I almost said sure as shit, bad pun. Um, sure as shit, someone just and I. <laughs> I don't care how old I am or where I'm at. I could be in church. A fart is funny. Yeah. And if you don't think a fart is funny, you should reevaluate your sense of humor because farts are hilarious. It's one of the only universal jokes in the fucking world. Yep. It don't matter what nationality, what race, what sex, anything, orientation, anything. You're always going to yep. fucking find a fart funny. Dude, I know. And and Shayla looked over because she was in front of me. Um, she looked over her shoulder and she mouthed, "Was that you?" And I'm like, "No, wasn't fucking me." And like we're trying to stifle our laughs. Nobody in the whole class giggled at all. They're probably used to it. <laughs> well, yeah, like it was equal parts, like really, really respectful. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's really awesome." Like we're professional, we're doing a thing, we all have an understanding. And part of me is like, "How dare all of you like that?" We should have been gut busting yeah. and a fucking <laughs> fart. And then I mean, it was normal. The rest of the class is. That's just why like, if you do one next time. Just be like, you're welcome. Just make eye no. contact. <laughs> normally, <laughs> if I fart really loud in public and like there's no way to hide it, I just say, oh, there it is. Yeah. And normally it's enough to kind of break the ice and allow me to escape. But there have been times where we've been in public together and you've projected your fart and everybody else thinks it's me and not you. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, how, you're like two feet away. <laughs> right. My, my superhero power is to, to throw my farts audibly and make everybody think that Preston is the one that just fucking ripped it. <laughs> it's yeah, a little known fact about me. That's great. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> the People have projector. actually hit Preston and, and doorknobbed him, and it was me the yes. whole time. Oh hell yeah! Well, that's enough about farts. Let's get into the news. Preston, do you want to start off the news, man? Yeah. So uh, last week in China, uh, they discovered a, a tomb, a Chinese tomb dating back to 220 BC, which is the uh, Qin Dynasty. Uh, Qin Dynasty was like the you know the first emperor, and um, so this should be like an amazing archaeological find. He was the one right before the Neck Dynasty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but like it's like nobody gives a shit about the historical fact that they found this like really cool tomb um, that's tied to the first emperor's family. Like everybody's just obsessed with the fact that it looks like a fucking Xbox logo. And so, like, all the, all the memes are going on the internet, like, uh, you know, Xbox, uh, you know, 2.0 or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, this is just a marketing ploy from Xbox to, you know, gain more money and be more <laughs> popular than PS4 and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so it just, I don't know, it just baffled me for the fact that, like, nobody gives a shit for the historical fact. It's just more about, like, all those, like, fucking gaming memes that are going on the internet Sorry, right now. Sorry, bro. I re- I retweeted one of the gaming memes, but uh, yeah, because I didn't know I didn't know much about it. But then when you said something about it, you put a link in the chat. I was like, okay, he's going to talk about it, so I'll just learn about it there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Wikipedia Preston. Wikipedia <laughs> and Wikipedia. So <laughs> I decided that uh, you know Wicca, Wicca. I, the so, so the history of the first emperors is uh, something that's always been interest inter- interesting to me. And uh, did you guys ever watch a uh, hero with uh, Jet Li? Yeah, I think so. I fucking, so I fucking love that movie, and that's what that movie is based off. It's based off that legend. So I'm like, well, you know, let's kind of draw out this new story real quick. And I figured I'd give you guys a quick rundown of the uh, crazy first emperor of China, Qin Shi Huangdi. 
or uh, the first emperor of Chin, which is what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Preston with the hard facts. Yep. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah. I mean, we can't disprove you, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm the one that's uh, got the history degree here. False. True. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. So, according to legend, um, there was a rich merchant named Li Bui who had uh, befriended the Prince of Qin um, during the, the latter years of the Zhao dynasty. Uh-huh. And uh, the merchant had a lovely wife, Zhao Ji, and she had just gotten pregnant. And, uh, you know, the, the king of uh, Qin was just like, God, she's like fucking hot, dude. And so uh, Li Bai Wei or Li Bai Wu or whatever was like, uh, well, I mean, if you want to take her on as a concubine, by all means, I- I'll let you have her, my lord. And uh, so he never told her or told the king that she was pregnant. And uh, they get down to the dirty business, and the king thinks that this baby um, is his. So he she gives birth to this baby, and the king's like, oh, it's my prince, yay. And the whole entire time, it's the bastard child of Li Bui. <sighs> and... Uh, so the king kind of mysteriously dies, and then Li Bu Wei takes over as the regent uh, for the the young prince, and uh, he ascended the throne at thirteen years old. And by the time that he hit twenty two, he's kicking ass and taking names. So he's going to the Zhao, the Hans, the Wees, the Chu's, all these different. You know, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. They had like all these different city states <laughs> in China, and each one had its own king. And you know, it's like so this is the southern part of it and the northern part. And uh, this guy just goes in and starts fucking chopping off heads, and basically becomes the first emperor of China. Hmm. And um, that's literally what the his emperor name he changed to Wan Di, which just means emperor, so first emperor. And uh, at this point, he was so sadistic and people were kind of fearing him that Li Bui was like, we got to get this fucking guy out of here like this. This is not going well. So he was trying to stage a coup. Now, he knew a guy named Lao Ai, and this man was famed for his extremely large penis. So, you know, Big Dick goes to work, gets her knocked up, and in secret, (laughs) she has... Yeah, she's got she has two children. And so, uh, you know, back then, whenever you wanted to deliver a message, they would give you the the seal of the emperor. And whoever had that um, could basically say anything that they wanted. They could call the army to arms. They could collect taxes. And so Lao Ai steals this fucking uh, seal and calls up the army. And at this time, the, the king kind of knew something was going on, and so he, he was on to the fishiness and the big dickery going down into his kingdom. So he let the coup happen. <laughs> big dickery? Yeah. And uh, so Lao Ai breaks into the capital, and they basically kill you know all the people that he had brought in and you know took him prisoner. And then um, the king calls for his mom. So she comes up, and you know he opens up the balcony, the, you know, the, the little window and is like you know look out and in the courtyard a lao eyes tied up to four different horses so he's got a rope around one leg oh, the other leg and he fucking pulls the guy apart right in front of his own mother and there's fucking bloody mess all over the ground and then he takes her back into the, the bed chambers where her two sons other sons his half brothers are there and the king like basically basically has his servant strangle the kids to death in front of her jesus Finally finds out that, uh, that, uh, yeah, fatality. 
finds out that the that you know the the other guy Lee Bui was his his real daddy exiles him and then puts his mommy on house arrest for the rest of her life. So at this point the king is kind of starting to go like batshit crazy like he he's like getting all hitlerish out there. He decides that the the history of China should start with him so he has all these books like thousands of years of history burned. And if the monks and the librarians or whoever, the scholars said, fuck you, dude, we're not doing this. He basically had them murdered, too, until everybody conformed to what he wanted. (laughs) Roadways, he did uh, canal systems, he built the Great Wall of China. So he made vast improvements, but he decided that he was such a great king that he wanted to live forever. So he, he made an edict that everybody in his kingdom would have to help him search for the elixir of life. And at that time, um, everybody thought that the key to immortality was through mercury. So they made this guy like these fucking mercury horse pills, and he started taking them on a daily basis. Now, that that started to cause him to go insane. He slowly started to slip into insanity. Wow. And he, you know his body started <laughs> to fall apart. What an idiot. Yeah, what an idiot. But the cool thing about all this is he – so with Chinese, like the, the original belief in their afterlife – China. China. <laughs> they, 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 they believe that whatever you took with you, kind of like the Egyptians, if you know you pack your tomb full of shit, like all that's going to go in with you to the afterlife. Mm. And he didn't want to let it go of being the emperor. So he basically reconstructed all of China inside of a giant pyramid. <laughs> and so the, the ceiling. <laughs> and buried, and yeah. buried all the people in it with them. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the ceiling was covered with like jewels and diamonds and everything. And then the, the the ground, the floor of the pyramid was basically just a, a you know like a, a restructure of, of China. So it had mountains, it had landscapes, it had all the different temples, and it had the river systems. And the river systems were filled with liquid mercury, and it was on a mechanical system, so that why you know his dead body was rotten away, the rivers would actually flow like he'd be over real China, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, and he also built 8,000 terracotta warriors to help guard the tomb. And each one of those terracotta warriors had individual faces. They were all different sizes. They, I mean, they were made to replicate the actual soldiers in his army. And so those were buried on the outside of the tomb. They get all this done. The dude dies. And uh, they go to bury him. And they said, so he had like 2,000 concubines. And they said, okay, all the ones who don't have kids have to get buried in the tomb with them. So they killed like a thousand whores, shoved their bodies in the tomb, then told the workers that they needed to make some last minute preparations. And so as the workers were inside the tomb, kind of finishing up the little touches, they sealed them in there and killed them so that nobody would know the secrets of the tomb. And then um, after all that was said and done, they covered it up with dirt. And so in the seventies, a farmer next to this giant hill was uh, digging up for crops, and they came across this terracotta head, and then they started to do excavations, and they found like 8,000 terracotta uh, mm-hmm. warriors, mm-hmm. and then they were like, holy shit, that fucking hill up there, that's the pyramid. Yeah. So a couple years uh, a couple years ago, they did ground-penetrating radar. They actually mapped out like what the pyramid looks like, and then they did soil samples, and sure as shit that the whole entire soil is flooded with mercury. And so now... We can't, we, you know, they're afraid to go in and actually open the tomb because there's legends that there's like fucking crossbows and all sorts of booby traps. So if anybody breaks into That's what it, I said booby traps. Uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just, they're just going to fucking die. Like, uh, remember, uh, the, that really crappy mummy movie, uh, the, uh, the with Jet Li 
And uh, when they opened up the tomb for the Terracotta Warriors, like those fucking crossbows were going off, killing everybody. And they yeah, yeah. almost got spent. What movie? Like, what mummy movie is this? Uh, like the, uh, it's the third one. It's you know the mummy and the dragon emperor. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess he was. See, I never watched any of them past like I think I think one actually. Yeah, oh, you, you yeah, that's it. Lucky. Yeah, yeah. That's why I hear. So, that's why I hear it's trash. But tomb so of the dragon think, empire. There you go. Yeah. So they think that even after two thousand years, that those traps um, are probably still working because of you know ch- Chinese craftsmanship. Well, and um, preservation of the environment and never just, being yeah, fucked nothing. with ever. Yeah, and then the f- the fact that you actually have mercury leaking up into the top of the soil. Um, it's so hazardous to our health that even if they were to open it up, like you could flood the, the ground, you know, the, the, that area around it with mercury contamination. Oh, wow. And then the, the, the terracotta soldiers, when they first opened them, you know, first doing the, started the excavations, um, you could actually see like this beautiful paint, like they looked lifelike and human, but then within a matter of months, um, because of current, you know, humidity and yeah. air conditions, it started to chip away at that paint. And now they just look like, you know, clay sculptures. They don't have the paint on it anymore. So it's like, if you know, if we open up this tomb, uh, how are we going to preserve all this knowledge and history that's in there? So they're like, fuck it, leave it underground. So when this news article came up that they actually found this, you know, Xbox tomb and it's something that they're not afraid to open up. I'm like, dude, this should be fucking like hitting the news. And it's not. So Damn. Probably because they don't want to have another shit mummy gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit mummy gate. <laughs> Overhyped that shit. So... Chin Wan D and the uh, the story of uh, Johnny Big Wang. There you go. <laughs> what does Mercury look like when it's coming out of the soil? What do What do you think? It's just like like quicksilver. It's just uh you, you know it's just like liquid silver. That'd be fucking around. cool to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Don't put it out with your boots, Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he called the Mercury poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah. A lot of news about Egypt lately. That's really, really popping these days. That was news about China, homie. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I was reading my notes for my news story real quick, and that just kind of came out like oral diarrhea. So shifting gears here, Preston, Stephen, have you ever heard about the tale of the haunted Pokemon cartridge? No, um, but lay it on me. I th- lay it I on th- me like Johnny Big Wang. No, I, no, I'm thinking of something different. No. <laughs> Preston, was Johnny Big Wang, was he like the great, 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 great grandfather of Big John Wiener? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Okay, so the story supposedly goes, Steve, you're a big game nerd, and I'm surprised that you haven't heard about this. Maybe you have. Apparently, there have been rumors of several people trading a bootleg cartridge of a mysterious Pokemon Black amongst smaller gaming communities. Yeah, a DS game. And so they say you plug the DS game in, and it starts up like a normal Pokemon Red game. But in addition to your roster of having the Squirtle and Bulbasaur and Charmander, apparently you also start off with a fourth Pokemon called Ghost. And this Pokemon. Okay, no, 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 never mind. Okay, so it's not. Po- okay, Pokemon Black is a DS game. This is yes. a Nintendo Game Boy game. It came in the colors yes. of blue, red, and yellow. And this is just yeah. a bootleg. These bootlegs for Game Boy games are extremely common, especially for uh-huh. ones that oh, yeah. were from Japan. I mean, you, you, I find them all the time at garage sales, especially ones that'll have like 32 in one, like 32 games into one yeah. cartridge. And then yep. with this, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing about this. Go, okay, go cool. On. 
So you have a fourth Pokemon called Ghost who's not found in any Pokédex or any roster. Nope. He only has one attack called Curse, which would make the challenging Pokemon too scared to attack back. Thus, the mysterious character Ghost would attack the other monster. Then the screen would fade to black. You'd hear a distorted cry ringing out from the defeated Pokemon. And then they would vanish after the post-fight scene. After all the battles with all the monsters and the battles with the other Pokemon trainers, you had a choice to either run away or curse your opponent. If you were in a battle with an actual Poke trainer and you chose to run away, it would end the battle. If you chose to curse them, however, it would kill that Poke trainer and then leave a tombstone in their place on the game map. Yeah, and, After- curse, and curse wasn't even a move in Gen 1. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> right. So, after a longer period of time, you would notice that you were killing everybody on the map, and you were soon by yourself with nothing more than a map full of tombstones. So then you'd go to the last cut scene, and then you would yourself would have to fight your Pokemon Ghost. Huh. And then after you fight Ghost, none of your attacks work. So he slowly whittles away at all of your health until he kills you. The, f- uh, the screen fades to black, and then it auto-restarts your game device and thus deletes your save file. Hmm. And then other Reddit lore goes on to say that you yourself become cursed, similar to the videotape found on the Ring movies. I see the the... The problem is that it is so easy to, especially these older games, especially, especially Game Boy, like they're such mm-hmm. small, small files. It's extremely easy to bootleg things. So you can like change, right. change like formats of like when you kill this enemy, you get this. So you could be like 200 coins or right. you know, 2000 coins, whatever. So the same thing with this, like it's real easy to just do new set, to do new set pieces, take a graphic from something else, replace it with this. So it keeps doing this. So to me, it just sounds like a pretty cool fucking bootleg. Yep. Like That's what I thought too. Yeah. The idea of the actual like, you know, real life curse is, you know, Far-fetched. 10 to 1. It's yeah. not real. It's <laughs> yeah. all horse shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's still fucking cool, man. What a what a cool experience to play. Yeah. Especially like, I, especially finding that stuff. Because I went to garage sales before and I've, I've found bootlegs and I'll take them home and I'll try them out. And I'm like, what is this shit? Like, there's like a lot of uh, pervy bootlegs. That's a, it's a really, really uh, popular, uh-huh. popular uh-huh. sale. So they'll take like a uh, Mario and put breasts on him or uh-huh. make him have an Afro and call it Bizarro or some shit. It's so weird. Yeah, like right. some of the bootlegs I've seen is just ridiculous. And with the modding community now and the emulation community, playing them are so much easier. Like I bet you can go to YouTube and type in Pokemon Black Curse and then watch gameplay of this bootleg if you wanted to. Yeah. The video I actually uh, watched to get that story from shows you actual gameplay. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was never a Pokemon fan, have no plans to be one, uh, but it was a really cool, really cool video. And that's not a slam against Pokemon people. That's a, It's a cool game, just not my bag. But So speaking of monsters and Pokemon and, and creepy creatures, we're going to get... Sean, you, sh- you should check your phone real quick. <laughs> Jesus. Because I just got a fresh off the off the pressing news story. God, that's amazing. All right, save that one for the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Pokemon and strange monsters, our full topic for tonight, we're going to get back to the old cryptid encounters with a creature that's known by many different names, guys. He's known as the Devil of Leeds. 
the Prince of the Pine Barrens, the Leeds Demon, also known as the Wazzlebug, the Gwink, and the Hoodle Doodle Bird. What the fuck? <laughs> Tonight's cryptid encounter is about none other than the Jersey Devil. Devil, devil. Boys, you better watch out for that hoodle doodle bug. It comes in late at night. <laughs> Isn't that fucking great? Yeah. The Gwink, the Wazzle Bug, and the Hoodle Doodle Bird. <laughs> terrible names. They're Pokemon names. Yeah, no shit. Isn't that right? Those yep. fucking classic Pokemon names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was out on my porch and the gr- the ground was uh, the soil was bad and there was a hoodle doodle bird <laughs> flopping around. I swear, Marjorie, it was a wazabug the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during my research, I came across those names and I was like, "What in the sweet fuck?" That's <laughs> amazing. But yeah, all right, guys, back to Cryptid Encounters. Our legend of the Jersey Devil starts out sightings in 1909 came to pre- uh, sorry prominent sightings really took off in 1909 a man by the name of E.W. Minster the postmaster of Bristol Pennsylvania woke up on January whatever of 1909 at two in the morning and he heard a really strange noise coming from outside of his win- his window towards the direction of the Delaware River. He looked out and saw a giant strange creature take up from the ground off into the sky. He thought it was a large crane, but what was weird about it was the creature was glowing in the nightlight. It had a long neck that was thrust forward, thin wings, long back legs, and shorter ones in the front. The creature let out a combination of a squawk and a whistle and disappeared into the night. Sightings went on January 19th, Mrs. and Mrs. Wait, hang on a second. Not that progressive back then. Mr. and Mrs. Man, that that ain't going to be in the hell history books. Yeah, right. Redacted. A roodle doodle. Mr. What the fuck it's called. Wow. No, I'm talking about the, the whatever the fucking name of the beast is. Roodle oh, doodle. I thought you were calling the Mrs. and Mrs. Evans hoodle doodles. No. Like, what the fuck? That does sound like a, uh, a slang put down <laughs> like from in the early nineties. Yeah, it's like if you call those boys a couple hoodle doodles. <laughs> yeah, we should cut all that out. <laughs> Sightings continued on January nineteenth, nineteen o nine, when Mister and Missus Nelson Evans were awakened early in the morning by the sound of a large animal on the roof of their shed. They looked out the window and saw a creature they said to be three and a half foot tall. With a face like a border collie, a head like a horse, it had a long neck, long wings over two feet apiece, leathery like a bat. The back legs were strong and muscular, though shaped like a crane, that had hooves of a horse. It walked on the back legs and held up two shorter legs in the front that had paws on them. One afternoon that same week, Mrs. White was taking her clothes off the line Ooh, when they were drying, uh, and she noticed a strange creature huddled in the corner of her yard. A she screamed and fainted at the sight of the ghastly creature. Her husband rushed out to see what all the hubbub was, and he saw the Jersey Devil spurting flames from its mouth, crying out into the sky. He chased the monster with a clothesline prop, and it leapt over the fence and vanished. The devil was trying to flex. 
<laughs> right? And then stories, of course, spread like wildfire. Eventually, grown-ass men are too scared to go out in the night alone. It was said this beast would carry off large dogs, geese, cats, and even small livestock, including few cases of children disappearing in the large talons of this crazy creature. The animal remains were never found when people reported to kill it. But one other strange note would be the devil was said to be able to dry up the milk of a cow by breathing on them or even killing fish by simply drinking from the lake water they were swimming in. <laughs> it just goes around breathing like just <sighs> on cows. I'm going to fuck these dudes out of their milk. That's why. That's right. Like, yeah, damn like, it. Damn it. Get away from it, my cattle. So just, just eating the burps. cow. Eating the cow. Like <laughs> just, just gonna, I'm going to fuck with these dudes. Like, just belches on a cow, then flips the bird and flies yeah. away. And like, what are the you. stories? What are the stories? Stories of uh, even occasional children, like a child goes missing, and they're like right. instantly like, "It's the Jersey Devil!" Like, did somebody actually see that shit? Well, that's part of the deal. When you found livestock and and kids, you know, deceased and bodies and stuff like that, the best thing to blame it on back then uh, were probably just your local folklore. And of yeah, course, because that- you're not gonna you're not gonna expect a human. Yeah, pedophile, child, child, kind of stuff. Anything like that. Exactly. That was a different time back then. Yeah, it was was much more easier to believe in this fucking creature. It's a hell of a lot easier to kill a a kid back then. Well, human redacted. Yeah, (laughs) it's really a lot easier to believe that this fucking this this beast is out there doing this shit than actually a human when humans are just fucking evil by nature, period. Exactly, you know, because what we all what know in that? real life, the monsters we are afraid of are just ourselves. Mm. What was the name of the guy that was the the, the, the the werewolf? Lon Chaney? No, I don't know that. Michael J. Fox? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he was the guy. Benicio was, Del Toro. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, you know, he he ate and dismembered like little boys. And oh, oh, Albert Fish. Yeah, like, can you imagine, like, so you're Albert Fish and you're like, you know, committing all these atrocities, and then you read in the newspaper. Last night, five boys went missing. It was the Doodle Woodle Bug, and he's like, <laughs> God damn it! I am not a Woodle Doodle Bug. I am not a Hoodle Doodle. <laughs> I'm a man. I have feelings. <laughs> well, shortly after all this, the creature struck again. This time it attacked a dog belonging that belonging to Mary Sub Fuck Preston. How do you pronounce this? Sorbinsky? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. <laughs> in South Camden. She heard the cry of her pet in the darkness. She ran outside to see the devil flying away. She beat it with a broomstick, and as the creature fled, it made sure to tear a chunk of flesh from the dog before it got away. She called the police and huddled up her injured pet. By the time patrolmen arrived, a crowd of more than a 100 people gathered around the house. The crowd witnessed the piercing screams of the suddenly angry devil as it swooped down one last time over the crowd, going, Bleh! And then it flew off into the night sky. Eyewitnesses then said... All across Jersey and neighboring states, they saw the Jersey Devil and the Philadelphia Zoo then offered a one, oh no, a $10,000 reward for the capture of the devil alive. Ooh. So what exactly does this thing look like? The Jersey Devil is described to be a flying bipedal creature with a kangaroo-like body, a goat or horse-like head, large leathery bat wings, gnarled horns atop its head, 
short upper arms akin to a T-Rex with gangly long sharp talons attached to the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. It's said to have powerfully strong back legs with the hooves cloven like a horse and a snake-like forked tail. It's said that it lets out a blood-curdling scream as it soars through the treetops of the Jersey Pine Barrens. And at night, you can see this kangaroo dragon flying through the sky, illuminated by a very paranormal glow as its eyes burn like the embers of a fire. It's said it's to be able to pterodactyl. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's said to be able to breathe fire and can even poison natural water sources and livestock <laughs> by simply breathing on them. It's got a stank ass breath, dude. They're always they're always <laughs> commenting on its breath. Okay, for real though, two questions. Yeah. One, you're describing what it looks like, what's the size of his penis? And another thing is <laughs> the, is is he from Jersey Shore and does he have a blowout muscles? Does he do his GTL? He's obviously. Or does he have a red rocket like a dog? (laughs) The the Jersey Shore devil. (laughs) He's got the hook dick of a Jersey Shore cast member. Nice. And he's just sitting there fist pumping as he's breathing into the water. (laughs) 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 Gonorrhea. Belching on party goers, knocking everybody out. He's like, nope, not again. (laughs) So the first sighting. Of our Jersey Devil is tied into his origin story, guys. The first sighting of this wicked amalgam like Wait, demon. we need some wicked music for the origin oh. story because like the the scene just transferred in the movie. Oh, like, okay, like, okay. Oh, I'll I'll cue that up. Give like a give like a little um a hue over this over the visual filter to show <laughs> that it's in the past. Yeah. Some a nice cyan perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a record crackle. <laughs> some cigarette burns yeah. in the film. <laughs> As the story goes, in the year 1935, a woman known only by Jane or possibly Deborah Leeds, already the mother of 12 children, discovered again she was pregnant with her 13th child. Distraught with yet again having to face the perils of childbirth, one night Mother Leeds yells out in a curse being distraught, saying, Damn this child, it will be the devil! Then, late one night, months later, while Mother Leeds' children and their father Daniel were locked outside the Leeds' bedroom, a mighty storm raged on in the Pine Barrens. While Mother Leeds and her midwives prepared to give birth to the 13th child of the Leeds family, after what seemed to be one hell of a delivery, Mother Leeds finally gave birth to a healthy-looking baby boy. But moments later, things would take a turn for the worst. Who? While the midwives placed the baby in a bassinet and began to tend to Mother Leeds, the baby began to cry and started to writhe in a very strange way. The ladies in the room then witnessed as the baby's feet began to ball and gnarl up into hooves like a horse or a goat. Horns sprouted from its head as its head flattened and elongated like a horse. The back started to twitch and buckle and two large leathery bat wings shot from the shoulder blades. Strange patches of feather-like fur began to appear on its skin in sporadic places. The giant horse's head now had a mouthful of sharp, jagged teeth. The creature let out a thunderous roar as it sprang from the bassinet, and the midwives watched in horror as it began to clumsily flutter around the room. And then it dove straight towards its mother and bit a chunk out of her neck. 
Holy shit. She survived only to see the beast rip the throat from one of the midwives, then scuttle into the fireplace and escape out the chimney into the night sky where lightning raged on, wind blew, and rain poured down. And so thus the story is that of the Jersey Devil, known to hunt, haunt, and scour the Pine Barrens, terrorizing people for centuries, swooping down, running through the trees, stalking young lovers, its fiery eyes burning in the darkness, only to fly by and pick up one of the two unlucky cuddlers, then to carry them off into the night sky. So this perhaps is one of the very best origin stories for any famous cryptid, but the true story behind the legend may live on in even more infamy, because I've decided to name this next part of our story Poodle Doodle Hijinks, A Founding Father's Political Sabotage. Because the story kind of goes off at a fork here, and there's more to what leads up to this legend that I think should definitely be mentioned. See, years before Daniel Leeds fathered the famous kangaroo devil bat, he was also a writer. More specifically, he wrote for pamphlets. These periodical pamphlets were similar and then turned into almanacs, some of the very earliest almanacs that were ever written. In addition to weird stuff, the pamphlets and almanacs contained info on pagan beliefs, astrology, and even the behavior of angels and demons. Now, traditional pamphlets being, you know, passed around during this time would have, you know, your normal political satire, the goings-on of the town, stuff like that. But Daniel Leeds had a strong belief in not just Christianity, but he had an open mind towards other things like astronomy, pagan beliefs, and other belief systems. Damn liberal! (laughs) This didn't jive well with political figures because they denounced astrology, comparing that to demonism and blasphemy. (laughs) Though secretly on a sidebar, it should be noted, during this time, everybody was in their parlor with the door locked, having a glass of brandy, reading about all this weird shit. Because in those times, wow, my my throat is bubbled. I was about to burp. Hope that got caught on camera or microphone. (laughs) Um, during this time, you know, that was kind of the fancy thing to do. We didn't have radios. We just had ghost stories. And then, of course, you know, new beliefs, demonism, hedonism, and everything else. So people would lock themselves in the rooms at night, get drunk, and read about this shit. The next morning, to repent, they would then outcast anybody who'd publicly practice these beliefs. So the town didn't like what he was doing. They ganged up on Daniel and convinced him, in air quotes, to tone it down a little bit and stop spreading the word of the devil. And the less than savory actions of the townsfolk hurt his feelings. They kind of made him think that he wasn't going to be welcomed so much in town anymore for having uh, atypical thoughts and open-mindedness. It's so it's so crazy when I hear that, like, we've done a lot of stories like this of, like, yeah. the beginning of this stuff started happening. And, like, it's so weird to see how... We're in 2019, and this shit still happens. Anytime right, anybody we, comes out with a a wild idea or uh-huh. something, like they're just like outcasted. So strange how that still fucking happens all throughout history. Oh yeah, dude. I Never mean, gonna change. Take comfort in knowing nothing changes, I guess, or find yeah. uh, the pain in that. So being hurt and astounded that the town's men didn't embrace his love and thirst for the sciences that were being newly discussed and discovered. And also his taste for the occult, 
He then came back loud and proud. He started blasting locals with pamphlets talking about the local Quakers and their whorisms and their hedonisms and their perversions and everything else they were secretly that secretly trying to hide. He's basically the first version of WikiLeaks. Cool. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> so this just made things worse, pissed off more people, and in turn gave him a reputation for being a heathen himself and an asshole. And so began the spreading of some uncouth rumors about the Leeds' family, including the rumor of the family practicing witchcraft, strange sightings and creatures being seen near their home, and even strange sounds coming from their house. Is it safe to say, all his friends are heathens, take it slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Please don't make any sudden moves. You don't know the half of the abuse. All my friends are heathens, take it slow. Did 21 Pilots write a song about the Jersey Devil? (laughs) We never knew it. (laughs) Oh, God. The rumors even went as far as to claim that Mother Leeds may have been a witch herself. Now, it's appropriate, guys, for another sidebar. Mother Leeds did not indeed give birth to 13 childrens. <laughs> that did come out at all right. 13 childrens. 13 childrens. A child. Mother, Le- <laughs> Mother Leeds did not give birth to the 13th child of Daniel by herself. She did give birth to the 13th child. There were 13 children in Daniel Leeds' family, but Daniel was married twice before. Man. Overall, he fathered 13 children. That dude but- couldn't pull out of a driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave it in. Leave it in. Leave <laughs> Daniel married twice before and fathered 13 children, but with three different women. Leading, <laughs> that's a poor pun, to the lore of her having 13 children by herself. So I Damn. believe... Leeds only gave birth uh, – sorry, Mother Leeds only gave birth to maybe two children. Overall, he had 13, and it's worth but all noting – But all the 13 children being cursed? I don't know. Probably not. I think it's safe to say probably not. Um, I know that one of his wives passed away during childbirth with one of his daughters. So, I mean, back Common. then, you know, mortality rates were high yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, in 1716 – Leeds retired from his almanac writings and pamphlets spreading and passed the family business on to one of his sons named Titan. Titan picked up the torch and continued the mudslinging and the farm prophecies of his father, including his alternative beliefs and astrology. In 1728, Titan redesigned the letterhead of the almanac to represent the Leeds family crest, featuring three strange beasts on a shield. Each were dragon-like, with fearsome faces, clawed feet, bat-like wings. The figures known as, how do you pronounce that, Steve? Werens? Wervens? 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 I think. Um, Sky dragons. And supposedly reminiscent of the later descriptions of what people would know as the Jersey Devil. See how things are shaping up here? Then around the year 1730, things went... Bat shit, or as I like to say, gwink shit crazy, when a new contender entered the ring with a taste for writing almanacs all of his own. A certain famous founding father by the name Preston of Benjamin Franklin. Oh, shit. Until now, the Leeds Almanac was actually pretty popular and heavily read, kind of like an old Reader's Digest. But old Benny Boy had an almanac of his own called the Poor Richard's Almanac, 
and it too began building a lot of steam. And the PRA, or Poor Richard's Almanac, contained a lot of useful tips, planting harvest times, weather advice, predictions, and even some funny quips and sage advice. The competition, however, pissed off Titan and made him a little more jealous than before. The townsfolk saw this competition and decided they could finally use it to their advantage and maybe get rid of old leads, and they told old Benny to ham things up a little more and see if he couldn't just get the little shit leads and his family to give up the ghost for good. So old Benny boy just did that. He began poking and prodding at Titan, and things erupted into what we know as the Great Almanac Feud. When things came to a head... Ben had published an issue of his own almanac, The Poor Richards, using the same astrology techniques that Leeds' family was famous for using, and he used this to publicly predict the death of Titan Leeds to be on October 17th, 1933. So this <laughs> is the ultimate dick swing here. Benjamin Franklin is just the ultimate troll. He just goes on there and he's like, yeah, I use astrology. You know, that the Leeds family uses. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it told me Titan's going to die. And so people were going nuts. Oh, my God. Does he have more prophecies than the Leeds family? And being the ultimate. You know you're going to go buy that shit. Right. Because you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get the book that's going to. It's going to show that this guy knew the future. Oh, uh-huh, wow. Exactly. And that's what Benny Boy did. He said, you'll have to buy the next issue to find out the details to see if the prediction came true. Now, Leeds, of course, didn't die. But he did become even more pissed off at the fact that Ben was mocking him and the family's astrology. And through the stunt, became more snarky, sarcastic, and downright douchey with his publications and his retorts. Dude, he's, he's the original fucking greasy tabloids. <laughs> right. <The> National Enquirer <laughs> and shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, I think old Titan's just jelly because he on a, on a $100 bill. That's true. So That's... Nobody's saying, you know, flashing some Titans. We're always, you know, flashing them Benjamins. So. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. Oh, you know, just, just spend a couple Titans. <laughs> so he became more snarky and more asshole-ish whenever he had his retorts about Ben and his own almanac. And Benjamin just used that to his advantage, saying, It's obvious here that I was correct in my prophecy. Titan did in fact pass away as I said he did. I have proof because if you look at the current language and actions of, quote, Titan, these are the only, these actions can only be described as that of his phantom, since he had become so unsavory in his behavior. And he even quoted himself saying, Honest Titan, who was deceased and raised from the dead to abuse his old friend Ben Franklin. And he oftentimes responded to Titan's retorts and antics by referring to him as a devil, the devil of Leeds. So like, he finished trolling this, this poor like, guy, saying he's a ghost. Benjamin pulled the Trump. Yeah, I was like, I mean, this, is, this is going back and forth, man. This is like, this is their version of Twitter. No, I said this. No, I yeah, said that. Yeah. Well, and what was great is like, Leeds was notorious for battering people with his pamphlets and getting into trouble and getting into these, you know, mud flinging competitions. But because before Benjamin Franklin, he got into it with another pamphlet guy and this guy hired one of them hired an illustrator to paint the other person on the pamphlet lying in like a in a boat floating down the river, having a devil with like six tits and three dicks shitting into his mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, again, a little wink, wink, nod, nod of the devil playing a part in all this mudslinging. So where were we? Old Benny Franklin was trolling the shit out of the Leeds family saying that Daniel, uh, that Titan died, only making him more and more pissed off. So he wasn't too far off. They bickered back and forth for about five more years after Ben claimed that Titan would die. And in 1938, Titan actually did die. All the shit talking mixed with the rumors of witchcraft and devil worshipping of the Leeds' family is believed to be what spawned the birth of the Jersey Devil and its folklore. Now here's another fun little coincidence. We're recording tonight's episode on January 17th, which just so happens to be Ben Franklin's 313th birthday. Fun little coincidence. Awesome. Yeah, I had no idea about this. Yeah, boy. And we got to give a shout out to our friend, brother, and listener of the show, Jason the Mason, for coincidentally posting that little tidbit on Facebook. Otherwise, I would not have had any idea about it. Oh, shit. My brother actually contributed (laughs) for once in his life. (laughs) And uh, I trolled him pretty good on Facebook. So I'm like, you have no idea how happy this makes me. And he just said, explain, question mark. And I just said, let's just say it was synchronicity. (laughs) Now, So, yeah. All all the the shit talking and the trolling from the townsfolk trying to get rid of the Leeds family and then old Benny Franklin coming into the picture, all that really is said to shape up a lot of the folklore about the Jersey Devil. And, you know, all that kind of stuff of like, oh, I heard the mom's a witch. Oh, I heard she gave birth to a devil baby. Oh, I heard the baby was a 13th baby. <gasps> That's not a lucky number at all. All that kind of shit just really led up to the idea that the family produced a devil baby. And here's what's interesting. While it may sound like we put a lid on the story and it's nothing more than some wuzzlebug poppycock, there's still countless sightings of this winged demon in the Pine Barrens, which have been recorded all the way from early 1900s through today. But it's fun to note that, you know, Ben Franklin wasn't the only guy who was an asshole. Back in the early 1900s, there was a couple guys who put on one of the best hoaxes, kind of like whenever, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not had that Fiji mermaid. This guy bought a kangaroo from a circus. (laughs) He painted the kangaroo with green stripes using some really shitty lead paint, thinking that the Jersey Devil probably had green stripes. His first attempt at this actually almost killed the kangaroo because the paint was toxic to the kangaroo. So he tried some new paint on himself. The paint worked out fine. He was then able to paint the kangaroo green. And then he tried gluing fake wings to the kangaroo's back. (laughs) He was finally able after countless attempts. Yeah. He finally was able after several attempts of gluing wings to this kangaroo's back only to come back and find out that he chewed the shit out of him or just trampled him. He was finally able to attach a rig that looked like giant feathery wings to the kangaroo's back. He put it in a cage and then exhibited it at a dime store museum or a dime museum. And in a cage, he had the kangaroo back creature behind it. He had a boy with a sharp stick. He would charge people a dime to look at the kangaroo or what he called the Jersey devil. And every time he pulled the blanket up, the little boy being hidden in behind would shove the sharp stick in the back of the kangaroo, making it jump at the front of the cage, flapping the fake wings. That's fucked up. Yep. Really, really crazy bullshit. So 
But uh, yeah, eventually I, I heard in one story that the kangaroo got loose and he claimed that it was not actually the Jersey Devil, but instead an Australian vampire and offered a reward for its capture. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> what a I douche, right? <laughs> right? So, oh, but you know, the story doesn't end there because like every other good lore and every other good cryptid story, there's still countless sightings of this creature. So let me go through a couple of these before we wind things down real quick. Late one night in 1927, a cab driver was on his way home to Salem when all of a sudden one of his tires burst, causing him to swerve to the side of the road. When he got out of the car to fix the tire, something strange happened. While he was jacking the vehicle up and taking the lug nuts loose, he heard a strange cry in the sky above him, something primal and otherworldly. All of a sudden, something smashed on top of the roof of his car. Startling the cab driver so bad, he fell backwards and crawled away from the vehicle. Standing up and shining his light, he discovered a giant creature atop his cab. He described the creature as having a horned, horse-like head, large leathery bat wings, and the hooves of a goat. The creature let out a terrible wail, not wanting to stick around, the taxi driver took off, barely escaping death. He looked over his shoulder once to see the creature shaking so violently he rocked the vehicle back and forth. Later in 1953, Philip Smith, a man described to be an honest and sober man, noticed something strange traipsing across the road in his hometown. Getting closer, the creature set up and started to scream. He knew then what he was seeing was the Jersey Devil. In 1961, two couples parked in a car in the Pine Barrens had the scare of their life. They heard loud screeching noises above them outside and large wings flapping. Deciding they should get out of the woods, they decided to head home. But their car ride would be cut short. While they could hear something swooshing and whooshing above them and the cries of a large beast, suddenly the roof of the car was smashed in and a creature's talons ripping through the roof. Picking up speed, they fled the scene, only to see a large beast out the back window chasing the car, again with the head of a goat, large bat wings, and what looked to be horse hooves on its back muscular legs. Barely escaping, they too had their lives spared by the Jersey Devil. Upon reaching the city, they pulled off to the side of the road under a streetlight to see large chunks of the hood and the roof missing. In 1966, a farm had been raided. 31 ducks, 3 geese, 4 cats, and 2 dogs were killed by an unknown beast. One of the dogs was a large German shepherd whose throat had been ripped out and body found 25 feet away from a broken chain. Later in 1981, a young couple spotted the devil at the Addison Lake in Atlantic City. Getting close enough to realize they were dealing with the devil, the creature noticed them, screamed, and then shot up like a rocket into the sky. Swirling two times around the couple, he belched a large billow of fire and took off into the night sky.
So a lot of theories have tried to describe what exactly the thing is. A lot of people think the Jersey Devil is just a bird. A lot of people think they are a pterodactyl. Right. (laughs) People think Uh that it's the scowfoot duck. Some people think it's a sandhill crane. Although that thing only weighs about 12 pounds, but it does stand four foot tall. This crane eats potatoes and corn, however, not dogs, cats, and kids. However, that also does not explain how it kills livestock either. Um, Somebody says that the tracks were made by some prehistoric animal from the Jurassic period. He believes the creature survived underground in a cavern, and an expert from the Smithsonian Institute has has a theory saying ancient creatures could survive underground. So this thing could actually be real living underground, so says a scientist from the Smithsonian. Well, shit. If science says it's real, it's got to be <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So um, somebody else named Jack E. Boucher, author of As Begami Yesteryear, has a theory in which he believes the devil was real, but he was no more than a deformed child. <laughs> he thinks, right, classic, classic yeah. deformed baby. Yeah. yeah. He thinks that Miss Leeds had a sig- <laughs> misunderstood. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Mongoloids. He thinks that's what they that's what they call it. I know. Right. Okay. It's not offensive if it's true. It's history. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, they were a product of their time, guys. We should let it go. Um, No, that's not fair. Um, He thinks that Mrs. Leeds had a disfigured child, also known as a mongoloid, and kept it locked away in the house. She grew sick and couldn't feed the child anymore. The child escaped out of hunger and raided local farms for food. It doesn't take into account to describe the incredible lifespan of the devil. The child would have had to have been 174 years old in 1909. It doesn't also account for its ability to fly. That's one mutant baby. Wow. And then one last famous sighting of the incredibly dastardly Jersey Devil. One snowy afternoon, Joseph Bonaparte, brother of the famous... The famous... Napoleon Bonaparte was hunting alone in the woods near his house when he spotted some strange tracks on the ground. They looked like the tracks of a two-footed donkey. Bonaparte noticed that one foot was slightly larger than the other. The tracks ended abruptly as the creature had flown away. He stared at the tracks for a long moment, trying to figure out what the strange animal could have been. How did he know... So the tracks ended abruptly as the cre- oh, as if the creature flung. Okay, maybe oh, yeah, sorry. He's, he's seen it. My bad, baby. At that moment, Bonaparte heard a strange hissing noise. Turning around, he found himself face to face with a large winged creature with a horse-like head, bird-like legs. Astonished and frightened, he froze and stared at the beast, forgetting he was carrying a rifle. For a moment, neither of them moved. Then the creature hissed at him, beat its wings, and flew away. So yeah, guys, that is the story behind the Jersey Devil. Preston, you said you had one more story to tell us about. Yeah. So uh, as I uh, was perusing Facebook while you were talking, um, a gentleman posted uh, that uh, this morning at 6 a.m. in Florida, zoo employee killed while attempting to rape an alligator. Hmm. What? That's right. A zookeeper was killed this morning in the alligator enclosures of the Naples Zoo while he was attempting to sexually assault a 12-foot-long reptile. 
According to Captain Henry White, spokesman of the Naples Police Department, 24-year-old Jimmy Olsen was engaged in full sexual intercourse with one of the younger reptiles when he was surprised by one of the larger animals which had attacked him from behind. (laughs) (laughs) He's just trying to cuddle. Yeah. Holy shit. The young man was caught by the throat uh, by the alligator who dragged him under the water and drowned him. Jimmy Olsen's death took place around 6 a.m. this morning, but the disappearance wasn't noticed until an hour later by other employees. They finally discovered his dismembered body floating in the pool of the other alligator enclosure around 8.30. Images captured by security cameras show Mr. Olsen had clearly placed himself in a very vulnerable position. He had his pants around his knees and was laying down on top of the, uh, one of the animals with his backs to the other. This poor guy didn't stand a chance. We can see him being dragged into the water, then he disappears from sight. He was probably dead within 30 seconds of the attack. Although Mr. Olson is the first zoo worker to die while having sexual intercourse with an animal, he is not the first one to be implicated in an incident oh, including God. implicating bestiality. In 2002, three employees from the Columbus Zoo were condemned after they revealed that zookeepers had allowed people into the zoo after business hours for the purpose of fornicating with animals for the exchange of money. Wow. Yeah. What in the sweet hell? I, That's crazy. <sighs> fuck that, dude. I mean, yeah, everybody's got their thing, thing, but if your thing is alligators, <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that piece of shit. Yeah, we're not kink gator shaming. Don't, but gator I mean, don't play. Yeah. I guess, you know what? You got to risk it to get the biscuit. But sometimes <laughs> the biscuit going to get you. It surely did. Fucking hell. Gross. Well, folks, I think that's all the time we have for today. No word, <laughs> word. What about you guys? You guys watch anything lately that's been interesting? You know, uh, real I got quick. one. Steve, I started watching you. I, uh, I got about two episodes into that, and that is a pretty interesting way to tell a story. Yeah. Let me – Let me. I'll give people the, the gist of it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, we finished it today. We watched it all this week. We started it on Monday, and now it's done. Um, so, the show is about this dude named Joe, and the show starts off with him working in his bookshop, and a girl walks in, and he has monologue, kind of like he's talking to himself, kind of like Dexter. Yeah. And you quickly realize that he is very uh, obsessive and possessive and a stalker and the way he goes about learning about this girl and uh, building upon building a relationship with her in his mind. He doesn't see his doing anything wrong. Right. The The show goes on and it's so weird. Like where this is, this is very common now for TV shows is to root for the bad guy, so to speak. I mean, you mm-hmm. got it in Sons of Anarchy, you got it in Breaking Bad, you got it in this show, you know, and and you want, like, you start to, like, in a weird way, relate with the yeah, main character. you sympathize and for then, the villain because he's uh, a, a real person, so yeah. to speak. And then as you, as the show goes on, like, you start seeing that, that like, everybody has their issues in the show. It's fucking crazy. It's really, really good. It's very, very well done. Uh, the casting on it is fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out. It's like a, it's ten episodes. They're like forty something minutes long. Some of them are a little longer than that, like an hour. But um, I don't know. I I can't recommend the show enough. Is really 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 cool. It's from the producers of that. What's that? River Riverdale 
or whatever oh, really? show. Yeah, yeah, like they're starting to get like a lot of traction. That that team is getting a lot of attraction on the. Is Riverdale on the story Netflix. of like Archie and Jughead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also the ones that did the uh, Sabrina show. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So like yeah, they have like a lot of a lot too. of projects out, but hmm. but you is really 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 cool, and it takes a, there's not too many twists or turns, just some pacing issues, but. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed that shit, and like, it's really cool to see Netflix come out with another badass original. Yeah, they just announced they're raising their rates up to like thirteen bucks a month. But Two bucks more. Who gives a shit? Well, and with the fucking content coming out, it's just like, yeah, sh- just fucking take my money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they said like, there's already been like a nine percent people of canceling their plans, uh, but the money alone they're gonna make off the rest of the people raising it. Two bucks, yeah. a, two bucks a person, like it's it's minuscule, but like I don't know, man. Like I just, to me, like the amount of time and entertainment I get on Netflix is still cheaper than cable, yep. and I'm getting great, great shows. Yeah, and getting point, great content. Right. And I've said this before on the show. Like people say, oh, there's nothing to watch on there. There's shit to watch. You just got to give shit a chance. Yep. Like really there's do. some, especially the originals. Like just go through the originals. If you see something on there, you're like, hmm, what's this? Type it into Google. Be like hypnosis of this 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 and then like get like maybe like look at a review or something without spoilers mm-hmm. because there's a lot on there that i would have never guessed that i would have loved like yep. that seven seven second show with regina king like that show is awesome and they didn't get enough viewers so they didn't get a second season huh. you know but it's like it's very good it's very revel- uh relevant to what we're dealing with today in society and like it's really really good so um, how do they, I wondered that, how do they keep track of viewers? They have to be able to keep track of viewership. Right? Oh dude, like uh, there's a short documentary out there. They're real, they're real close knit at Netflix studio or like Netflix business. Yeah, sure. So like when you, they've done like a couple like interviews slash tour documentary, whatever things. And like, they literally have, <laughs> they have teams of people that sit down there, subtitle everything. A person has to watch Watch the watch the title and then write one like a team of people write the descriptions for the episodes, the the synopsis of the shows, plots, whatever. And then there's a team that writes the cast and then they do the algorithms and they, like it's fucking insane, man. They're, they've got tons of rooms that are just like constant code all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so anytime anything's streamed, it will show um, what's you know what how many things how many movies are being played, how many TV shows are being played. And then, like, different things like the average time somebody spends on, like, watching a show than if they switch to another show because they're bored. Like, they're always checking that shit. Or people that, like, leave, like, the office. Like, the office is, like, the number three most streamed thing on, on Netflix because, because a lot of people. I fall asleep oh, to that movie yep. for the last five years. And that's what a lot that's what, that's what a lot of people do. That's why you see the memes on there. Like falling asleep to the subtle sounds of the office theme song, you know, like it because people will do it, they'll leave yeah, it on. That's true, and uh, <laughs> that's true. And it's funny. Shit. It's really interesting, man. Like, I think, I think that algorithm stuff is so interesting to me when it comes to yeah. something like that, man. Oh, yeah, because I'm a fucking dude. fiend for stats and fucking patch notes and shit. I love yeah. reading that shit. Some of us on the show get boners for Spider Man, other people get boners over algorithms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about codes, but I like I like you know reading about it, and learning about it. You I know, know about chubs. <laughs> I know about chodes. <laughs> Fucking hell, cool man. Yeah, there's lots of good shit on there. Um, I just watched a show, a movie called Summer of '84, and if you can find Is a way that to watch about that, 
Was that about they get sucked into the movie? No, no, no. This one is very much akin um, to like Stranger Things, Stand By Me. Oh, yeah, with the milk carton. Yeah, is this, yeah. Is this is a Shutter exclusive? I, I didn't think it was Shutter exclusive, but it might very well be. Um, Joel... Creepercast, uh, Joel from the Creepercast mentioned that on his top, you know, thirteen horror movies mm-hmm. or whatever of last year. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing and that. And I finally, I finally, you know, buckled down and watched it. Solid movie, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I like to say that that might. Where be did you old. watch it at? I watched it on Shutter. Shutter. I just, okay. I don't recall if it said that Fucker. it was a exclusive because <laughs> Shutter's weird. Shutter's like, oh, Shutter exclusive. Like they call Mandy a Shutter exclusive, but Mandy that means exclusive to streaming. Oh, maybe that's yeah. what it is. That makes more sense. Okay, cool. So it could be an exclusive to Shutter than to stream, but yeah, solid movie. Really cool. Had some pretty cool little twists in there, and yeah, another solid this. horror flick. If you just want to see a fun, you know, kind of scary thriller, The Babysitter on Netflix was pretty good. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, Babysitter. But yeah, check that out. Yeah, this is, yeah, I've never seen that movie. I never, I've started it, but I don't think I finished it. I don't it's know fun. Why. It's worth finishing. What horror what? movie am I thinking of where they get sucked into where they get sucked into the movie? Uh, I don't know. I think mm. it'd be Final. No, it's not Final Girl, is it? Is it? No, Final Girl's something different. But yeah, anywho, Presto, are you watching anything good or noteworthy? Um, on Hulu, The Hand Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, oh God, yeah. how much have you watched of that? Uh, I don't know. We're already on the second fucking season. Nice. so far. It's fucking great, right? If I. First, I was just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on, yeah. and why people can't have babies anymore, and then all of a sudden it just fucking got all dark and twisted. I'm like, holy shit! And then and we had to binge it, and yeah. And then uh, you see like the, I know, previous co-host of the show. Still, I'm still a co-host. You know, whenever he wants comes on, he can come on. He gets very upset when people dicks. say, <laughs> yeah, he gets very pissed off when people say that uh, Hands Made Tell is a reflection of what possibly of the way our society's going and i'm like i'm like dude the the similarities are so huge it's ridiculous you know, you know and i made that as we were watching it i made that comment several times i'm like holy crap this could really be us mm-hmm. um in the next 10 years or whatever it was so yeah it's pretty it's pretty fucking scary but if you've not watched that show like you said it's about people that can't have no one can have children. Well, some some people can have children, but it's it's extremely hard, and no one no one knows why. Uh, a religious, crazy religious group uh, believes that it is God punishing human race, and in order to do that, they go to Old Testament times, they overthrow the government, they put everybody in there, they take the women, and then they test them if they're um, if they're if they test positive with this fertile test. Because women are still fertile, if you're young enough, you know, and all that stuff with science. Uh, but for whatever reason, just the pregnancy doesn't take. Like, it just doesn't happen. So then, but everything, like, they have limited technology and the hands made is basically, like, you're assigned to a house. That's your role is to let the man of the house do his thing. And, like, it's fucking crazy, man. And the intense, the intensity of that show is incredible. And the chick that plays Alfred is just is just incredible. Uh, I love that. I love that fucking show, man. So I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. I'm glad you're getting into. It. I'm curious to see what you think of the this last season. Or I mean, the season just just aired not too long ago. It's really good. 
I uh, I should give it another shot. I've tried to watch the first episode twice, and it's the first episode. It's just because you don't know what's going. on. You're like, what the fuck is going on? No, like, I tell is you, is this set in an older time? Like, it I get what really you're saying, sense. but what bugs me about it, and I have to learn to maybe get over this. Boom! I, it is Final Girls. You're done. Okay, cool. I haven't. <laughs> I have a weird aversion or a disdain for period pieces. Anything that has to do with like the Quakers or pilgrims or colonial times it su- i suffer through it but that but and i totally understand what you're saying cuz you've told me this before but in the show like when you start off she's talking in the room she's wearing the bonnet you know mm-hmm. you're in you're in the mid 2000s like oh, yeah. you know, I, what 2020 something so when you see not that place you know like you're seeing like uh, hummers and black trucks and hummers and dingers computers yeah and like wait what what'd you say yeah. hummers and dingers oh hummers and dingers yeah uh <laughs> so like it's just crazy it's crazy to like i know what you're saying and you're and i thought that at first too i was like because jared recommended it to me and i'm like okay mm-hmm. like i don't want to watch a downton abbey type shit yeah, get, yeah i yeah, know yeah. i know a lot of people give that show credit and i'm sure it's great but like i have to be in a mood for that too Especially a TV show. Movies are different. I can watch a, a period piece all the time, like method actors and that shit. I love it. But shows, it's weird. But like once you slowly figure out what's going on in that show, dude, you're going to be hooked. And I know that if you and Shayla watched it, like you guys would be on the edge of your seat. It gets crazy. Oh, yeah. We'll give you another shot. Um, you guys, have you watched the Ricky Gervais uh, stand up called Humanity? Yes, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually just watching that uh, before we got on. Oh, really? We Shayla and yeah. I watched it a couple nights ago. I won't ruin anything for you then if you haven't watched the whole thing. But what a! F- I mean, like obviously it's Ricky Gervais. It's it's vulgar. It is like jaw dropping, knee jerk jokes. Shit, yeah. But if I'll be damned if there aren't some fucking heartwarming and relatable stories that he tells and jokes that he makes. Um, just a lot of, a lot of really relatable shit in there for me at least. So I really enjoyed that a lot, a whole lot. So cool. Well, um, let's go ahead and plug stuff and, and get on up out of here. Yeah. Steve-O, oh, yeah. get after it. Cool. Yep. Check out our Facebook page, Pixelated Paranormal. And, um, yeah, like check that out. Get on there. Join that Instagram, PXL. P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L. Uh, check yeah. us out on that. We're always constantly posting stuff like that. We need to start posting more stuff than just than just the visual companions and like teasers. Just do like other like weird things, trying to get some yeah. stuff going like I that. I agree. Guys, our goal right now, I would love by the end of the month, by January 31st, my birthday, if we could cross that threshold of 100 followers on Instagram. And I know a lot of it, a lot of it's on us. We should be a little bit more active on there still. Um, but we've met a lot of cool people on there. We've had a lot of great conversations. Um, pretty active community on there. So that's pretty awesome. And then if you guys want, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that would mm-hmm. be fantastic. We've got a lot of great love on there. Um, if you guys can rate us and review us, that does help us out a little bit more. It gets us a little bit more uh, notoriety on there. People see us a little easier on there as well. So and it'll make Preston pretty happy. Yeah, Preston will yeah. get you'll, you will warm the cockles of his otherwise <laughs> muddied heart <laughs> if he could read another review on here. Cock. Uh-huh. Cockles. 
<laughs> Anything else you want to plug, Steve-O? Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna next month I'm going to be going to Florida. I'm pretty fucking excited about that. Going to be seeing uh, Joseph, our buddy Joe. Oh, and yeah. Otherwise known as Trailer Eyes. It's going to be awesome. I haven't seen him in like mm, probably 10 years now, cool. which is fucking weird. Maybe yeah, probably ten years. Jesus, that's disgusting. Uh, but uh, see, so yeah, that's gonna be fun. We're gonna go to Universal Studios, so I'm gonna be taking a lot of pictures and shit like that. So you can check out my Instagram for that. Hopefully, I'll see some spooky shit while I'm down there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if okay, here we go, Preston. Here's a quiz for us since you've been binging it. If mm-hmm. I say to you, "Blessed be the fruit," what do you say? Uh, Come on. Fuck! What what are they? What There's are they two different sayings. Uh, may the I'm fuck. May the may the Lord be fruitful. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, well, that I guess there's three then. May the Lord be fruitful. May the Lord fucking open under under his eye. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fucking crazy. Preston, if I were to ask you if you like dragon fruit, what would you say? I don't know what the what. Yes or no. Sure. Good, because I'm about to be dragging my fruit across your forehead. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I already knew it. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Pre- Preston, do your thing. Listen, if you want a beard, need a beard. If you want to grow a beard that would impress the shit out of an alligator in a zoo, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com, and Sean's going to hit you with a promo code. Use promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off the entire order. Smells so succulent, they would impress even the most dastardly of Jersey Devils. <laughs> <laughs> and check out my favorite sports car podcast. What's that one called, Preston? Sports Cars Unleashed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> check out Mark Solo Show, Pixelated Sausage. He does some great stuff. Check out his video series on YouTube, Attack the Backlog. And then, yeah, check out CreeperCast. Check out Fear and Fame from our neighboring state of Colorado. 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 Speaking of which, we have a YouTube. Preston, tell us about it. Oh, we do. Yeah. We have a a YouTube channel, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Right now, we have uh, 22 episodes of our back catalog and five of our current episodes, including all of our uh, Cryptid Encounters. From Mothman, Bigfoot, to uh, the Goatman episode, and our 2018 Halloween motherfucking special. Oh, damn. Hell yeah. Did you see that my, my <laughs> I got on my dad's computer when I was over there for our Christmas thing, and I put the comment, dope. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it's like Richard Rome says, dope. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that as your dad calling us dopes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I would take that as, so... All right, guys. Well, with that, thank you so much for joining us on episode 80. We hope you enjoyed the tidbits and juicy bits we found about the Jersey Devil. And uh, other than that, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time for episode 81. Peace. Supposed to be the fruit. (laughs) Cool. All right. Blessed be the meek. The cast that pixelated paranormal would like to think. But wait, that is not all, guys. You thought we were done, and we are not. We want to give one more shout out to listener and close friend of mine, Mindy. I told her that we were going to be doing the Jersey Devil. She is up near that area, and she sent me some additional things that are haunting the Pine Barrens in Jersey. 
And so we wanted to tell you not just to watch out for a Jersey Devil, but also watch out for things like the ghost of Captain Kidd. It's like a mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> Many of the pineys. Yeah, fucking SpongeBob coming to life here. <laughs> Many of the pineys, as they're called, will mix the legend of the ghost of Captain Kidd with that of the Jersey Devil. According to locals, the New Jersey's Barnett or Barnegat Bay is one of the resting places of the notorious kids' many treasures. During the 17th and 18th centuries, some locals told ghost stories of the ghost of Captain Kidd walking along the beach looking for his head and his buried treasures. Damn, that's some Harry Potter shit. Yeah, boy. Speaking of Harry Potters, watch out for the black dog. Another old Pine Barren story tells the tale of the black dog, a ghostly beast roaming the beaches and forests. Like from, hybrid's dog. <laughs> from Absecon Island to Barnegat Bay. Most folklore, the English and German type, say black dogs are considered to be forces of evil. However, the black dog here is more like Padfoot from Harry Potter, and it's often considered to be a harmless spirit. According to the folklore, pirates of the Absecon Island attacked the ship and killed its crew. Among the crew in a cabin were a boy and his black dog. It's said. So do, do hmm. oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say the ghost of the black dog is said to be running across the beach, searching for his lost boy. So, do black dogs get a bad reputation like black cats? Uh, you know, a lot of folklore about ghosts and phantoms consider the color black to be bad, um, mm -hmm. or just coincidentally, maybe it's just closely associated with the I know. Uh, phenomenon. Yeah, like the black cats being, you know, related to witches or yeah, shadows uh, and stuff and like that. Yeah, shit like that. But I don't know. Like to me, uh, I've never met a bad black dog or a bad black cat. They're always been nice. over in uh, over in England. The tales of the Moorish hellhound; uh, those were said to be giant black dogs. So. Yeah. Fucking nerd, dude. You're like a little Wikipedia <laughs> fucking paranormal Wikipedia. Well, now, I mentioned that earlier. In most folklore, such as English and Germanic folklore, black dogs are considered to be forces of evil. Yeah. Well, if you're not worried about black dogs, you might want to watch out for the golden-haired girl. Goldilocks in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Gold. I almost said Goldilocks. The golden-haired girl was yet another ghost that was said to stare out into the sea, dressed in a white gown, mourning the loss of her lover who drowned. Pineys oftentimes tell the tale of the Jersey Devil sitting alongside her, accompanying her vigil. Another legend says the Jersey Devil had a son, strangely human, who fell in love with a rich girl. However, Ooh, her family didn't agree mermaid. with this thought it was wrong they took her away and she killed herself upon losing the love of her life heartbroken she became the next generation of ghosts to haunt the beaches Damn. so this is just uh iter ear or ear, ear, you should whatever. use your words preston uh, remix yeah. <laughs> that you should just let love happen yeah right? except for if you're let an alligator and a human you don't let that love happen because that ends badly. But all the other types of love, just let it happen. Unless we just have a new crypt of the Gator Boy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, guys. My, if, my, 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 my mama said, my mama said. <laughs> if black dogs <laughs> and golden-haired girls great. don't do it for you, maybe the black doctor will. <laughs> Preston, that's not fun. 
Another interesting tale is that of the Black Doctor or the ghost of the African-American man known as James Still. Like they couldn't give him a better name, like a better like folklore name. Well, I mean, we don't maybe he's a black phantom. We don't know. We haven't got to the end of the story yet. You know, I didn't read half this shit. Okay, if this okay, we need to come up with if a better dude is by black, the time you and his end, is the black doctor racist. Yeah, okay, obviously. <laughs> but if this story does not tell why he's called that, we need to come up with a new name for him because okay. let's let's just ridiculous. let's just pretend like it right. never happened. Good. Maybe the ghost of the phantom doctor will do it for you. Another interesting tale is that of the phantom doctor or the ghost of an African American man known as James Still. According to legend, in the 19th century, James was not permitted to practice medicine because of his race. Undiscouraged, however, James went on into seclusion in the Pine Barrens to study medicine from his textbooks. In some variations, James also learned herbal medicine remedies from local Indians. There are different versions of his death. Some say he was unjustly lynched. Local Pineys found out that he was studying medicine. Other stories state that he was a hero to the Piney community and died of a heart attack. James Still's ghost is known as the Phantom Doctor. He is said to come out and aid the injured or stranded travelers in the Pine Barrens. In fact, Dr. James Still was a brother of William Still, a noted abolitionist who wrote a book about the Underground Railroad where people would help smuggle phantoms to safety. Am I... <laughs> Why the fuck do you have to smuggle phantoms? They, they can walk through walls. They're ghosts. You don't need to smuggle shit. Maybe I'm editing too strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He wrote a book currently out of print called The Early Recollections, The Life of Dr. James Still. He had an office in Medford and was the third largest landowner in town. I wonder how big the first largest landowner in town was. Yeah. Big boy. He was self-taught in the manners of medicine, botany, and used many herbal remedies for cures. Yeah, all jokes mm. aside, guys. Yeah, he was a ghost of an African-American doctor who was not welcomed with open arms during those times. Yeah, but it's crazy that, like, the folklore, like, that's the name, the Black Doctor. Well, I mean, like, why yeah. can't, like, right. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, can you not come up with anything else? Well, shit, if the Pineys killed him for being African-American, you think they're going to, you know, And he's not doing anything bad. He's just out there name. chilling. He's out there chilling, and then now he's uh, coming up to aid injured or stranded 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 travelers. Mm -hmm. Dude's just chilling, man. Yeah, yeah. Out there's fucking getting that getting that herbal remedies. <laughs> he's just <laughs> ghost, just getting stoned. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn! You stub your toe here. Just try this. Be no problem. And lastly, if we have the black doctor, you know we have to have the white stag. Patronus. <laughs> This is all Harry Potter, isn't it? Last episode was all Spider-Man. This is all Harry Potter. Similarly to the white stag, it's a ghostly white deer that is said to aid travelers lost in the Pine Barrens. The stag also prevents impending disasters, and it's said to have stopped a stagecoach from crashing into the Batstow River. Near the disaster in question occurred a Quaker bridge where the horses of a stage refused to go any further. When the driver climbed off the stage, he noticed a white stag in the road, which disappeared. Walking up to the road, he saw the bridge was out. According to the legend, if you see a white stag, look for Harry Potter nearby. No. It's said to be good luck. <laughs> Expecto Jersey Devil. That's, cra that's crazy. I wonder... 
Damn, this is this is in where's this at? This is in Jersey or Pennsylvania? Jersey, my bruh. Okay. Cause like uh Aaron's got a lot of stag like not like real, you know, taxidermy, you know, <laughs> fucking <laughs> the bones up there. She's got like a like like decorative ones because yeah. mostly from Hannibal and Harry Potter, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the like, indigo. Ask her. I'm gonna see if she knows about that fucking uh, that white stag shit. Hell yeah! Do it till you're satisfied. Yeah, cool. Word, All right, word. fun little epilogue to our tale of terror. Mindy, thank you so much for uh, sending that in. We sure appreciate that. And with word. that, we really do thank you for listening. And this might just be the end of the episode. Spoiler alert: yeah. It is. Peace. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.